0: Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 63. As always, I am one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my two co-hosts, Alex Fasciane and Jesse Cox. Hi, hello. Hello, boys. Hello. Hey. Hi, Hi Mathis. Uh, how are you? I, I, I am great. Oh, how, hello. how are you, Alex
1: Fasciane? I'm feeling great because this podcast is supported by our, <laughs> our very own patrons at patreon.com slash chaluminati pod where you can join in the fun and get your own Patreon rewards right for your door. You didn't even
2: make it a minute. Not wow, even a that minute. was Record breaking. Record breaking. That was that was <laughs> we have nothing to say to each other now that we're just like get to
1: it. Just <laughs> We have pleasantries off mic. I just want to be real. Like, yeah, we hung we out. don't just call each other and then just start <laughs> recording a podcast we, we've already caught up
2: <laughs> but not always, with the audience yeah, mean, imagine yeah, if the, that's what we guys did
1: doing at, how are you guys doing at home very there you go. interesting See, just like very at least fake it <laughs> pause it until you're done telling how you are and then i'll react to it oh wow that's good i like that <laughs> i like to hear that from you guys this i don't know really i think you should like, well
2: him. i killed those people but you know, they deserved it. And Alex is like, wow, I like that. I like I that. I like that a lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm an accessory to
0: this crime somehow. <laughs> wow. Tear on Patreon, Alex will be your uh, your eyewitness that you were at home alone for 50 a real bucks talk, a month.
1: I will be your eyewitness if you sign up for Patreon. I will cover for you if you try to kill someone. That's not true. That's I will a joke. not. No, I, I will. will I. I
2: will rat you out so quick. I'll, I'll be like, you, I knew they'd do it.
1: Telling you so hard a lie to get you arrested.
2: <laughs> anyway, support us on Patreon. You
1: get some good stuff. You get fifteen more minutes of show right after this, uh, and all the other extra fifteen minutes of show that I've ever been.
0: Plus the art, plus the behind the scenes stuff, plus access to the Discord, and so on. We appreciate it. We wouldn't be able to do this every week without you guys. It goes on and on the benefits. It's Speaking unmovable. of, we wouldn't be able to do this episode without you guys because it's that's a, true. Fan story episode with some dreams sprinkled in for Jesse to interpret because apparently people really loved your interpretations, Jesse. Though I, I will admit the dreams I that were submitted, at least
2: the ones that I could find,
0: not not that detailed. So we'll see how it goes.
2: Have I interpreted a dream on this podcast before? I don't remember. You remember the toys. You remember the 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 goblin
1: stole the toys and we got into this whole thing about whether the goblin was real or whether it was just a manifestation of your own desire to move on from liking toys. Because it takes things from you and it tells recall. you not to
0: tell your parents. No, I don't the recall dream that. murdered something. Did you get gaslit mm. by your own
2: demon? Did he visit you in the night <laughs> and t- make a deal with you? Don't seem to recall any sort of <laughs> demon talk.
0: Oh, my God. This was this was the most we've gotten to the point in the podcast where we do things. And Jesse does no longer does no longer. Are you sure we had
2: the conversation about a demon that was a toy or something that was like in a
0: house? No, their favorite mermaid, like their favorite mermaid Barbie would like she like offered it a sacrifice or something. I don't know what happened
1: to my Barbie, mom. And it would be like, actually, this demon took my Barbie and I never told my parents.
2: Well, because they would dream
0: about it. They would dream about the goblins stealing their toys. And then when they wake up, their toys were missing.
2: That doesn't sound like anything we do on this show. No, not at <laughs> yes, all. Yes, it does. You fucking gaslighter. Gaslighter. <laughs> <Yes>, <laughs> I will not be your victim.
0: <laughs> I'm, listen, man, I would have gone on forever just trying to convince <laughs> Jesse that he, we've done this. <laughs> well, we've got a bunch of stories. The first one I'm going to hand off actually to Alex to give us a nice little warm up. Uh, so, Alex, if you don't mind taking this first story right off the Reddit, it's uh, you got it to enjoy and read.
1: All right, this one's called Love Suicide Girl by ATW2399. Now, I've listened to the podcast recently and just caught up on every episode, and I love it. But that's beside the point. I disagree. I feel like that <laughs> is the point.
2: Yeah. I, strongly you know I disagree. Let's end that one right there. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I like that story. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, all right, here we go. I got a ghost story for you all. This happened to me earlier today. At 4.30 a.m., I live in Little Rock, Arkansas. I like it hot off the presses like that. I live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I have to go to Mamel for work. So it's about 30 to 40 minutes. So I was driving to work. That's a little Arkansas geography for you guys who aren't from Arkansas. I know So it's about 30 to 40 minutes. So I was driving to work, and I go down these roads that don't have many streetlights. So your only light source most times is the headlights on your car. And I was just driving along up the road, and I see this girl standing in the middle of the road. So I stop the car and get out and I call out to her and ask if she is okay. And she turns around to look at me and then I get a full look at her. She seemed normal looking about my age, maybe a couple years younger. I'm 21. That's uh, the person in the story, not me. I'm over 10 years older than that. Alex
0: is 21 years old.
1: I'm 21 years old. Uh, She had auburn hair, blue eyes and pale skin. She was a pretty girl. But what caught my attention is the fact that she was wearing a white nightgown, but it was torn to shreds. So in most cases, I'm like Jesse. I don't jump to the supernatural. So I thought at first that maybe she was kidnapped or was being assaulted, raped or in an abusive situation. But as I got closer to her, we were maybe six feet apart, which is the absolute closest you should ever get to somebody right now, by the way. (laughs) Good social distancing. (laughs) She smiled. But her lips got bloody cracks around them, and her irises and pupils disappeared, and the rest of her eyes went bloodshot.
0: Super Whoa. Saiyan five, dude. No Escalating quickly. It yet.
1: The only way I could describe her smile was that it was comic book Jokerish, <laughs> big and creepy. Yikes! No, and my you. car radio turned on, and the theme song for a game called The Rule of Rose starts playing. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows that game. It's kind of uh, good. I, yeah. And the name of the song is called Love Suicide. Okay. Now, beforehand, I was listening to an audiobook called The Knife of Dreams from the Wheel of Time series, but I turned it off before getting out of the car. So when I turned around to look at my car, I was officially terrified. Then I turned back around to the girl. I would have been terrified
2: way I would before never walked away. At- Why would you yeah. turn yeah. away from <laughs> yeah. the killer girl? <laughs> uh,
1: I was thinking that if I'm going to die, might as well face the thing that kills me. Good idea. But, but <laughs> she brave. was gone. And all that was left in the middle of the road was me my car and that song playing through the speakers. I'm just going to chalk this up to ghost and then move on with my life. And I hope that I haven't been pulled into a grudge ripoff. I took a picture of the road while I was driving away and I'll link when I figure it out. (laughs) Post the picture of the road. If you want to look, it's called love suicide girl road should be right above this post. I I looked at the picture.
0: It's literally just a picture of a, a highway at night in Arkansas. How crazy would
1: it be if it was a picture of like a woman in white? Then I would, you know,
0: then my mind would be blown or they pull in a great hoax.
1: Just sight unseen. This sounds horrifying. Yes. However, (laughs) it sounds also like very cliche. It sounds very like exactly what
2: you would expect. I have a question. How are you so brave? ATW2399. How are you so brave that... (laughs) you you literally are like i'm just gonna chalk it up to a ghost <laughs> i would never stop life. thinking about this i would never stop thinking I about would this be in a for mental the rest of my life if i yeah. saw this i would be a crazy person right now they would have to drug <laughs> me every day in order to get me to go to bed because i'd <laughs> be, Illuminati podcast would be me? over
1: <laughs> i would be in the woods with microphones
2: and <laughs> looks and Meers. I go small kinds. Yes. Are you kidding me? I would be if I saw this and then the radio started playing, I would be like so, okay. <laughs>
0: What mean you're telling the- me, Jesse, <laughs> what you're telling me that is when we eventually get to go do our live special, if you actually see a ghost, it's the end of the podcast. That's it. You go ask the thing.
2: I'm so confident I won't, though, <laughs> that I know it won't be the end of the podcast. We'll be doing this for many years because I won't see a ghost because it's not a real thing.
1: The thing that blows my mind is he's like her irises and pupils disappear and the rest of her eyes went bloodshot. And he wasn't like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, he was
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> like, he's I like I'm going to look back at my car for a second. Yeah.
1: What? Where did huh. that song come from? From that PS2 <laughs> game? <laughs>
0: I also enjoy the fact that God he's like, damn. I'm, I'm like Jesse most of the time, immediately followed by, I'm just going to chalk it up to a ghost.
1: I'm just saying, I'm just saying you are a braver man than I. Yeah, I could I'm, not handle this. I wouldn't this. be able to do it. And I look, I don't know. Like the first thing is like, it's a, it's a girl on the side of the road in a nightgown that's ripped up. I wouldn't be like, are you fine? No, you're a ghost. I would have been like, <laughs>
2: Hey, <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> hey, are you okay? <laughs> hey! i'd be like on the
1: phone with a with a cop already I'd chemist- be like, there's
2: a girl hey hold on don't go anywhere <laughs> yeah i would not have left the car and that because it's here's the real truth it's not that i would think that it's a girl who's in trouble or like my first thought would be like oh this is a setup this is like a trap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Night, I'm gonna get robbed. There's murdered. a girl in the middle of the road. I'd be like, someone is waiting in the woods to rob my ass. You're gonna like look
1: so, left, and there's like a car on fire, just like. So you're
0: saying the, of the real hills. horrifying aspect of the story is that a 21 year old soldier saw a girl on the road, and so his mind just went out, and was like, I gotta save her. You that's older not age, what i said at all that's age,
2: not, i did not say that at all you're
0: braver see no i disagree i think at 2021 20, you think you're invincible cute girl on the road maybe she needs some help you want to play the cute hero girl, you get she out she was
2: like in distress
0: no he said she was pretty and then the nightgown you know, was that's ripped not, up is that what he said yeah pretty? Yes. yeah he
1: said first of all let's be honest she was pretty but what caught my attention was the fact that she was wearing a shredded nightgown oh interesting
2: well i mean beautiful, subjective
1: hormones well, What I'm hearing is that when you're 21, you actually are invincible and that you should go towards the paranormal if it presents Yeah, if itself. anything, yes.
2: you're fine. The ghosts aren't going to mess with you.
1: No. Yeah.
0: Agreed.
1: Well, well thank, thank you, for up. that yeah. story. Very scary. I, very, like, shout out to the extremely specific music choice <laughs> and also, like, the name drop of the Wheel of Time audiobook that really, like, colors this whole story for me a little better. So Took thank me you. Right on in.
0: Yeah. I'll take this next story. Uh, this one's called My UFO Story by Wisp on the West. <clears throat> hey, I have recently hey. started listening to your podcast. Hey, and-
1: hey dude. Hey. hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Wisp. Hey, how's it going, <laughs> Wisp?
0: <laughs> oh, got him. Uh, uh, here we go. Anyway, and have been hardcore binging it at work and on my commutes. I've had a few paranormal experiences. Can I ask you a question?
2: Do you think if we read these people's stories and then I openly mock them, they ever listen again? <laughs> I like, hope so. They knew what they were signing up for. <laughs> Do you think they're upset with me? Am I getting a lot of this? Like, Jesse, I, think, I, I did see you, that ghost. I think they expected at this I point. I feel like you would get sued. We, you would get, we would get sued
1: if you didn't, like, talk shit on the story. Oh, like, All right, because, I, just like, like, I signed up for the Chilumina. I wanted Alex to kind of agree with it. I wanted Mathis to believe me sight unseen. I want Jesse to tell me it's never going to
2: happen. <laughs> it's true. That is it's true. exactly what every episode is. Okay. <laughs>
0: a lot so of the funny. comments are either, like... You know, just a podcast would be insane without Jesse. Thank God he's here. Or the other side, Jesse makes everything a drag, dude. He always has to be skeptical. Why does he have to not believe in these crazy things that they come up with? I want I love to it.
2: believe in them. It's not. It's, it's not like we're
1: listening to the murder ones and Jesse's like, nobody died.
2: Like <laughs> Tommy Forterra story, sixty plus dead. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. That seems unbelievable. That mm, there's not really evidence to it.
0: <laughs> oh God. Anyway. This particular person has had a few paranormal experiences, but only one time involving aliens. I can't confirm nor deny what I had seen, but all I know is that it had most everyone in the car spooked and questioning what we saw this day. I had to. You can't around. confirm or deny. Does that mean he's not going to tell us what he saw? Well, we're going to see what we, he's going to tell us what he saw. But like most UFO sightings, it's hard to say it's one or the other.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough. I thought you were gonna. He was just gonna like be like, and then I saw it. But what <laughs> and I saw, then a gray. I will
0: never divulge. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just the wrong phrase to use there. Maybe. Yeah. I had to have been around five years old. It was after my parents had divorced, and all I remember of this time was how distraught I was by the divorce and having to switch off with my parents on the weekends. One of my weekends with uh, with my dad, we had gone to the movies with one of my stepmom's friends and her daughter. We were driving down State Route 7 between Puyallup. It's Puyallup. Puyallup? And my hometown, Morton, it's a long road with sharp turns that uh, that winds through the valley. The only street lamps were for the entrances to Northwest, Trek, and a few neighborhoods. So it's an otherwise dark road at night. The specific area of the road where this happens is also a dead zone for even the best phone service available, like Verizon.
1: Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's take the fucking brand deal out of this fucking story here. Capitalized
0: as well, like properly placed into this I want to say,
1: I'm an AT&T customer, and I've never once been dissatisfied with their level of coverage, especially in this area. But they're still the worst. Okay, look, I'm not going to confirm nor deny whether or not (laughs) AT&T is the worst.
0: Yeah. I remember the exact spot of the highway that, that, that had happened. There was an old worn-out barn that had been used for haunted barn events during October, that has now been sold and doesn't host these events anymore. So the barn sat on the right side of the highway if you are southbound. And to the left was a house with a wide open view of land that sloped down into the valley, with a mountain silhouette against the be- the dark blue sky. On the mount ma- on that mountain, was a tower that would flash a small red light at the top every few seconds.
1: Does every town have one of those? We all do, right? There's that so. one fucking tower with the like the radio tower on it that flashes. Gotta give that red light. So you sure. know, it just gives you that, just that it. little mysterious vibe. Every <laughs> every town has one somewhere. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> this is where we saw a long black silhouette and a line of small orange lights on that silhouette hovering above the tower. It seemed as though the line of lights were revolving as they would appear on one end and disappear on the other. I remember just staring at it in awe, and my dad and stepmom's friend calmly whispering to each other as they also observed what I was seeing. I had asked, what is that? But I don't remember ever being answered and thought maybe it was a normal thing that I just hadn't seen yet. After all, I was five. There was still so much unknown to me. was a very emotionally mature five-year-old. Maybe I just don't <laughs> I know about that. I have a this. feeling he's more looking back. At it and being like, yeah, I was five. I did a lot, you know, I didn't know. I just imagine a toddler like, you know what?
1: Some I'm, things are beyond me at this point. Yeah, I'm I'll five. just wait until I have understanding. <laughs> I wish people
0: still thought like that. That would be wonderful. Our view would be obstructed after about 45 seconds by trees, and I would continue to try to peer through the trees to see it, but the foliage was too heavy. I don't remember much about the rest of the drive. I'm sure I was trying to keep a lookout for the lights again, but never saw them again, thus leaving it unmemorable to me. I had asked my dad years later when I was in middle school and remembering this experience about it and realizing it still doesn't line up with anything I had learned except my recent obsession, aliens. He had told me he had no idea what it was and still had no clue, but he does have a strong conspiracy that it was alien technology or a vehicle and that he and my stepmom's friend had tried to remain calm about it on the drive because they didn't want to scare the kids. Although the other little girl was asleep and has no idea any of this happened. Note, she uh, has a mental disability where she only has the mental capacity of an eight-year-old, so this story hasn't ever been told to her, I believe. This discovery of the value, uh, this discovery of the value of what I had seen, had sent me deeper into an alien frenzy. My friend, I know that feeling. You're not alone. Middle,
1: shout outs to all the middle school alien kids. That's a hard <laughs> time to be an alien
0: fan. Yeah, man. The aliens uh, didn't really hit it? me till high school. High school, I loved when you're the alien, kid who rolls
1: sure. up and you've got the like X Files comic book. I guess, I guess it's different now. But when I was a kid, it was not cool to roll up with like the nerdy. Like UFO, like with the black, with the like green LCD, like numbers,
0: letter font, sure. like mysterious files with a starry yeah. background. I mean, yeah, a lot of the things that are super popular now were just, you know, the things that were the laughingstock to when we were like younger. Uh, continuing, though. Uh, so he jumped into an alien frenzy uh, for a couple more years until high school distracted me. So all this tall whites, grays things is all new to me and is so interesting. So that was my experience. Not much, but I would like to add a little side story. Now, this isn't my story. This is from my ex, from when we were still dating. This had happened in the same area. Well, hold Not- on. Let's
1: just be accurate here for editorial sake. <laughs> I didn't in, leave that out. You know, was it? It was like there's no name, there's no that's address true, here. That's
0: true. That's true. That's true. All right, I'll reread the first sentence with appropriate. <clears throat> yeah. Now, this isn't my story. This is my ex's. Fuck them. From when we were still dating. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that feeling too. I think we all do. This had happened in the same area, not the exact same spot, but within 25 miles. This is in Easton Eaton Valley, Washington, or Eatonville, Washington. Sorry, my ex and his uncle had gone for a drive to the dispensary, which is which is about a 20 minute, 25 minute drive. They were on their way back, and this is still during the daytime. When suddenly a huge gap of time had just passed, and they were sitting in their truck on the side of the road already back home, just outside of town. He said neither of them had any recollection of the past hour. This was the first time I had ever heard of this happening. So when I had listened to your story about the Hills, this story resurfaced in my memories. Now, as a disclaimer, my ex was a gaslighting lying (laughs) cheater who fucking knows. (laughs) I still found the similarities of the stories interesting and wanted to share. Thank you guys for keeping it interesting and sending my mind reeling every story you share. Can't wait to binge the rest of the series and catch up.
1: That honestly, that was me leaving for college every morning at 4 a.m. because I had a 6 a.m. math class and just being like, how did I get here? How did I get <laughs> from my house to this, point. to this place 50 miles away? How did I travel <laughs> that distance?
0: Uh, I mean, if, if that stretch of area is known for UFOs, I mean, you know, common type things, missing time, all that stuff. That's very common in an area kind of rife with abduction scenarios. I will <clears> say this, though. Compared to the last story,
1: where I was like thinking the whole time, like I would be screaming, hitting, running, yelling, leaping to my death somehow. <laughs> like, like this story, the idea of it being calm because it's like far away on a hillside, and you're just kind of like looking at it with your kids, like yeah, being like, what the fuck is that? Like, I can totally, I could totally see that if it didn't I like do. start shooting a laser beam down or something like that. Like, you know, you just kind of have to be like. What the fuck am I looking at right now?
0: <laughs> the next two are actually for Jesse. They're both relatively short and they're what? both okay. they're delicious. They're both dreams. They're both right. dreams. Take it away. <gasps> mm.
2: The Laughing Man Dream by Scooter McScoots. <laughs> that's made up. No. <laughs> I feel like that's not a real name. It's a Jesse character. <laughs> Scooter McScoots. Scooter McScoots. Scooter McScoots. <laughs> Scooter
0: McScoots.
2: This is a dream I had when I was around seven years old. Okay. Interesting. I'll remember seven years old. I can't remember much about what was happening me around this time. The dream has always stuck out to me and I can remember it quite vividly. 20 plus years later, the dream starts out with me around, around 15 foot walls to either side of me that seem to stretch out as far as I can see a man on top of the wall starts laughing. I get the feeling I should start running, so I do. The man then releases a cheetah. (laughs) Okay, releases a (laughs) cheetah to chase after me. I start running as hard as I can, but it doesn't matter. Eventually, the cheetah catches up to me and leaps towards me. As soon, okay, as he is about to sink his teeth into my neck, I pass out. This is what Batman dreams about. (laughs) I already have ideas. Uh, I wake up still in the dream, except now I'm strapped to a spinning wheel. Like the one knife throwers assistant gets Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh as I'm spinning, I see the man again, still laughing. The next thing I notice is the carcass of the cheetah on the ground next to the man. It had been gutted. The man then reaches into the carcass and start pulling out organs and throwing them at me. This goes on for a while before I wake up. Let's see what you got, <laughs> Jesse. Okay. Um, first off, uh dream. so I don't know what was going on with you at seven, but I love that this sticks with you all those years later because it kind of relates to, I think, what's going on in this dream. Um, Walls in dreams, by the way, that was walls and (laughs) dreams. dreams. Walls and and dreams uh, represent, like, boundaries or obstacles, right? That's what they represent in real life, too, funnily enough. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're right. (laughs) Um, But they represent, like, there's something in your life preventing you from something. Right. And you're saying it's like surrounding you. So it's on all sides. And it literally is like walling you off from something. It is something that you're like, I don't know. It's either a a bad relationship or you've built those walls yourself and you're protecting yourself from something, whatever the case may be. You then get chased by a cheetah. Um, I don't know what cheetahs mean, (laughs) <laughs> I know what do like, where are you represent? from
1: that you're thinking of a cheetah is the question. A like, cheetah. How is that
2: the, the default
1: animal? I guess if you know about a cheetah, but when yeah, you're seven, I, like, you know about a cheetah
2: from a zoo book. I, I yeah. do. I do know that cats like like tigers and things like that. Um, if they're in your dream chasing you, it represents the idea that like this thing is a problem and it's hunting you down. And because you got caught, you can't outrun your problems is what it's signifying. And I think that um, just doing a cursory search of cheetah dreams, it's <laughs> apparently cheetahs signify getting up and moving. So maybe the idea is that you can't. The reason why it's a cheetah and not like a tiger or a lion is because you can't outrun it. Right. Whatever these problems are that you're facing, you can't outrun those problems. But at the same time, in order to fix the, uh, the wall issue, right, you have to like get up and start moving, start doing something about those problems. It's like a double. It's hitting you from all different angles. The dream.
1: I've always heard that, I've always heard that getting chased by a tiger like literally means that you're like running from your problems.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, and the cheetah, it's saying then a cheetah signifies like, doing something like a cheetah in your dream is like because cheetahs are so fast and cheetahs like move around a lot the idea is like you are now being like that's your call to action to like do something about your problems um, yeah you need to go eat some cheesy delicious and then, and then the laughing man
0: throws the cheetah guts in your face
2: yeah well the idea is that you're strapped down to the spinning wheel yeah. which is you know you can't escape and it's a dangerous act that you are being a, you're a part of and this guy's taking the parts of the cheetah this thing that's like hey get up and do something and throwing them in your face and i i would almost be willing to say that in that case the laughing man this is like one of those dreams that if you could control your dreams and you know, like when people can control their dreams this is like one of those things we find that the laughing man is not actually scary the laughing He's like man you is or like, something
1: yeah like one of those <laughs> oh, things God.
2: where the laughing man is is this person that's kind of like Get over it. Like he's the laughing man's on the wall. The laughing man is taking the parts of the cheetah, this trouble that's harassing you, and throwing it in your face. Just like, come on, you got this. Stop being like he doesn't take it serious. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. because it's not a serious thing to the laughing. That's why he's
0: laughing. Yeah, yeah. Look at look at that. We broke that. Say we, Jesse. You broke that dream down. I had to look up cheetah.
2: I had no idea. I don't know. It worked. It worked.
0: All right, Jesse. This next dream is yours as well. It's another even shorter one, but I enjoyed it.
2: All right. A gifted saucer dream. Uh, Mikey the fish. Hey, Mikey the fish. Mikey the fish. Hey. Here's a short one. I had this dream. I was standing outside looking at the sky when these fireworks start going off. In the gladness firework, I saw generic movie-style flying saucers dropping huge presents on parachutes. (laughs) I remember the military quickly coming and grabbing them. But I somehow got a hold of one of these and brought it in. I stared at it one to open it, but too scared for some reason. That's all I remember. Like I said, it was a short one, but I remember it was pretty fucking cool. All right. Here's what I'll say about this. Um... The fireworks, right? The symbol of the fireworks and, uh, the, it, it's like an event, right? It's special. It's this beautiful thing in the sky. It is electrifying. Like it, when fireworks go off, everyone notices, right? It's, it's an important thing that's happening. And these fireworks are like, presenting aliens, which is out of this world. It's this amazing thing, right? And then they're dropping gifts. They're dropping amazing gifts and people are snatching up these gifts, these wonderful presents and you get one. You're lucky enough to get one and you're so afraid to open it. And I think the whole (laughs) thing translates into you need to take more chances. And it's yourself telling you like, Hey, embrace good things when they happen to you, embrace the, the nice things that happen to you. And don't be afraid to like accept the gift of like when something cool happens to your life, don't like shy away from like grabbing it and then taking it for yourself. When you have that opportunity, when something rare and crazy happens, like go for it is what your brain's telling you. You can even think of fireworks as like an explosion, you know, of like release,
1: like Mm -hmm. a, like a awakening, you know, you could come, you could be alive and then, you know, you get the present that's in the box. Yeah. Uh, if you keep opening it,
2: you get it? <laughs> well, yeah, but you have to. <laughs> I mean, sure, that could be it, but you're too yeah. afraid. You're too afraid to open That's the right. box you here. You're a yeah. bitch, dude. That's not I like what that... I said at all.
1: <laughs> you're invincible. You're 21. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, no, uh, I, I think. Yes. I, go up the, to that my,
2: ghost. Fight that my, ghost.
1: My favorite part about this dream is that at the end, it's like. Like I said, it was a short one, but I remember it was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's into it, dude. He was like, sick.
0: If we need more, by the way, we've got one more, one more dream I'll read off to you if we need more uh, stories. I need to. Uh, the next story is simply called At the Foot of My Bed by Robo3687. <clears throat> Bot. Bot, not real. <laughs> Fake. Yeah. I've been catching up on a lot of Chiluminati episodes lately, and it's got me thinking about some weird stuff that's happened to me in the past. I also want to say that I very much consider myself to be a non-believer and a skeptic. So here's a bit of background on the house that this event took place in. The house was built in the mid to late 80s, 88, I think. He lived there since he was 90, uh, since 93, when he was six years old. Only one prior set of owners, both of them now deceased and unsure uh, what was on the land beforehand. So a little bit of minimal knowledge on the history of the land prior to the house. For several years, between 09 and mid-2013, I would periodically wake up in the middle of the night to see a figure at the foot of my bed. The figure was a Phew. pale gray, white, featureless, faceless, human-shaped silhouette. I'm so if, good on that. No, thank Yeah, you. I, immediately I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to be here. No, no, if no. You, If you think about when you look at something against a bright a bright background and then you close your eyes, you see a negative after image silhouette and you get an idea of what I was seeing, except the room was always pitch black and I could see next to nothing normally. Often when I would see it, it would be poking its head up and over the end of the bed. Sometimes it would just be standing there and sometimes it would be half crawled over the foot of the bed as if it were coming toward me. Every time, I would turn the lights on, jump out of bed, and it would be gone. It would then take a few minutes to process that nothing was there, and I'd eventually go back to sleep and not think much more about it. In mid-2013, we swapped some stuff around in our house, and I moved my bedroom down the hall, swapping it with the study as it was a bigger room. I haven't seen the figure since. All good, right? Well, maybe not. Here's a rough map of this part of the house. The hallway is about 30 feet long. So we did draw up a little bit of a, a map. Uh, I will try to endeavor to put it in the comment section, but if not, this it's over like on the drafted.
2: subreddit. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now.
0: Yeah, you, we, you, yeah we can all go look at it. No I do problem. have some
2: questions about the secret rooms, but okay. <laughs> the secret rooms of just like no, no entrance Because it says old room, there.
0: bathroom, three possible rooms, new room. Yeah. Secret room. Secret room. Um, Ever since I swapped rooms at night when getting up to use the bathroom... I always get creeped out walking back down the hall to my room in the dark. I almost always fast walk back on my way back and close the door behind me. With that in mind, six months after swapping rooms early 2014, as I was leaving the bathroom at around one o'clock in the morning, I blacked out. I pinballed off the walls and was on the floor. I came to fairly quickly and upon reaching my room without closing the door, blacked out again. My brother found what? me crumpled over the lounge in there and I soon came to, I didn't hit my head. It just ended up with a big bruise on one arm. Sorry, Alex, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was just remarking. Oh, yeah, it's bizarre. Long story short, doctors ran a bunch of tests over the next few months, but as far as they could find, there was nothing wrong and no reason why it should have happened. I then spent almost all of 2014 with an overwhelming, irrational fear of dying to the point of seeing a therapist and needing my mother to sleep in the next room. It was a bad time, but I haven't blacked out since. Cool. Well, maybe not. How are there so many plot twists? (laughs) This just keeps on. The twists keep coming. Well, maybe not. I moved rooms and I was abducted by aliens in the years since I have still been having situations similar to the guy at the end of my bed. For an example, waking up, seeing, and hearing something and there being nothing there. I will note that I have a small set of lights that keep my room partially illuminated now, rather than just having it be pitch black. The thing is, though, it's always something to do with my door. A few examples. I'll hear someone knocking on the door, and will have gotten up and opened it before I realize I'm actually awake and there's nothing there. I'll hear noises on the other side of the door, talking, banging, like something falling over. Sometimes I'll roll over in bed and see that my door is open, get up to close it only to find out it's all obviously already closed. Just a few nights ago, I rolled over and saw my door entirely broken off its hinges. Weirdly. I distinctly remember saying out loud, that's weird. I should have heard that happen. I've never seen the figure on the other side of the door. So that's weird, but it's not the last part of the story.
2: (laughs) How is that not the last part?
0: (laughs) Over the last 10 years or so that this has been happening, we've been having some structural issues with our house. The floor has been starting to sink in parts of the home and the rest uh, in the most prominent part of the house that has sunk in my old bedroom. It's almost the epicenter of the sinking, if you will. The other part that is most noticeable is just outside the door to my current room. You know, where the figure keeps banging on my door. The other weird thing about our unstable floor is that I seem to be the only one who notices it. Whenever I point it out to anyone else in the house or say, hey... Maybe we should get someone to look at it. They say they'd never really noticed a problem with it. It's very weird to me. And that's it. It's either a bunch of coincidences smashed together by my brain after listening to the podcast too much, or there's a ghost being or being that's tried to climb onto my bed, chase me down the hall, knock me out, get into my room, and is now trying to bring my house down around me after tormenting me for a decade. All I'll (laughs) say is I'm glad I'm a skeptic because if I wasn't, I would not be having a great time right now.
2: I mean, here's all I'm going to say. I think when you left your room, you really upset that ghost who was like your friend. (laughs) And you had been with him for so long. And he was just looking at you, checking you out. He's probably making sure you were okay. He's probably looking over your bed like, go to sleep, my little prince. Are you okay, little boy? (laughs) Yeah, I hope you have a good night. He like pets you on the head. And you got up and left. And now (laughs) outside your door, like talking to himself, all those whispers are like, I wonder... I wonder if he misses me because I miss him, but I'm too afraid to go in the room. Right. You <laughs> humans get texts from ghosts? Yeah. What if I could be his friend, his ghost friend? Because right he doesn't <laughs> have any mouth or fr- he can't like smile at you. He's speechless. So You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. All I'm saying is don't judge this ghost just because he weighs a lot and is slowly destroying your house. <laughs> don't judge. Don't judge. That's rude. He just that's wants my, a friend. That's my thoughts.
1: He just Real talk a as a skeptic. Like you got to entertain the possibility that this is like textbook sleep paralysis. Yeah, sure. That's, Absolutely. What it, it, that's what it sounds like. Like if you, if you look into this and you have a sleep study done, which I encourage you to do, if it's really bothering you that much, yep. like you should, you should go have it checked out because literally what, what the, what the, the symptoms are of, of sleep paralysis, the, the things that you notice are like a feeling of being watched things that, couldn't possibly be happening in the moments after you wake up happening in your room, like the feeling of pressure or a presence around you, whether you're waking up from a sleep and feeling yep. like it's looking at you or seeing it there and it being like a formless creature. Yeah. So, I mean, it's
0: mom not, like, would, sorry. I was just saying say my mom would wake up to constantly having a dark, a tall, dark figure standing over the bed, just looming over her classic yeah. like sleep paralysis. It is,
2: it is, yeah. It, not like even in like a dismissive way. It's 100% like, if we had I to had get this. a textbook version of what sleep paralysis is like, this is completely it. Like I've seeing had seeing a thing yeah. or Ugh. noticing a thing. And then in that split second, it's gone. It's your brain is just like revving up again. Mm-hmm. And it, although, although being the skeptic, I have to say, maybe I'm skeptical of that, uh, of that solution. Maybe in that moment where your brain's turning on, that's when you fully have access to the other realms because remember, it's possible.
0: <laughs> everything you see is only what your brain is telling you you're seeing. And yeah. the filter's off when you wake up, yeah. and you're maybe, just taking maybe reality. Maybe maybe when you wake up, the filter's off. I woke <sighs> up
1: one time and turned over, and I have like a de- my my computer desk is in my room, and I turned over and looked towards my desk, and standing on my desk were two like cloaked figures in like leather bags, <laughs> where you couldn't Holy see their shit. faces really. <laughs> And it's I was like
0: organization 13 showing up yeah, like literally, but like, but
1: like more like nemesis vibes. Like you couldn't see their face <laughs> yep. like zipped up like, and I looked and I was like, ah, oh! and then they were just, I don't even like, they just weren't there anymore. It's, yep. it's, it's super weird. It was, and I, yeah, it's just, I mean, that's what it is. It's sleep paralysis.
0: Yeah. yeah. I had a moment. There was like a good week or point, so in my point in my life a couple of years ago where I would wake up like for a couple of days during the week and I would see enormous spiders on my ceiling, like huge, but I like, you know it's like not real, and I could get up and walk over to them and like like get close, and eventually they just like kind of meld with the wall. You like, I god, my brain is all fucking weird. So weird, yeah. This next one, boys, is simply called "The Three Ghosts in My Childhood Bedroom" by Hachi Psycho. I I probably butchered the pronounci- pronunciation. I apologize. Oh, I don't see that one. Nope, this is extras that I stashed away in case the what I Ooh. put in the thing was uh, was not enough. <laughs> Before I get into the story, I need to write a quick disclaimer. All of what I'm about to write is exactly what I remember experiencing, and I swear by it all. Having said that, I no longer believe in ghosts or spirits, despite still knowing it all happened. At this point, I believe it was down to coincidences and the overactive imagination of children. The human brain is far from perfect, as we all know. And even though I don't believe, I find the supernatural fascinating, obviously, since I listen to Chilluminati, and I know many feel the same way I do. Because of this, I've decided to share my story as it might be interesting both to the people who believe and to the people who don't. I will tell it as factually as possible and exactly how I remember it, and I will not poo-poo it during, uh, during the story. And then in parentheses it says, that's Jesse's job. <clears throat> Buckle up. This is a wild story. Okay. When I was a little three-year-old girl and my mother was pregnant with my sister, my parents decided that moved to, to, uh, decided to move their growing family. They left their small apartment and moved to a big house in southern Sweden that had previously been an old farm. It was an old house, so my parents rebuilt it, doing large parts on their own. The property belonging to the house was massive and included a barn, a tiny stable, a woodshed, and a few small fields for horses. It was an idyllic place to grow up. A few years later, they bought a summer home just outside the town my mother grew up in, located about an hour away from home by car. This house was far older and also completely run down and dilapidated. My mother, with uh, the help of her carpenter brother-in-law, who lived only minutes away, set about refurbishing the entire house. It was a classic spooky abandoned house, uh, dusty and dark, complete with nothing but stinging weeds in the backyard. They had to rebuild everything except the base frame and outside walls, which were renovated. I distinctly remember we found a small rusty statuette of a dog in the earth as we dug it all up. We guessed that at some point someone had buried their pet in the yard and marked it. We cleaned the statuette up and kept it in the house.
2: Yeah, there's your first mistake. mistake—the
0: <laughs> Classic horror movie mistake. Numero. We cleaned, cleaned the statuette up and took it into our house. Uh, our old house that we were rebuilding.
1: <laughs> yep, no. We buried the statuette and burned it and hid it away forever so that no one will ever be <laughs> <And> tormented <laughs> and abandoned by abandoned the it.
0: home, never to go back. Yeah. I spent a lot of summers in that house around the age of nine to 13 my room being on the second floor, which was built and finished last. At the start, we'd sleep on the mattresses on the floor, giddy from a day of playing around in the nearby field and the garden my mom was slowly fixing. Eventually, we'd put in a door and proper furniture, and I finally had my own room there on the second floor and in the gable with slanted hall walls leading up to the ceiling. Around this age, I started getting very interested in the paranormal. My cousin was into Wicca and tarot cards, so I tried some with her. We saw shadows and ghosts out of the corners of our eyes. I also bought a tarot deck read up on Wicca, and I used a Ouija board with friends very often. We would make our own board using just pen and paper. We'd light a candle, put a uh, drinking glass over the candle to uh, to put it out, and then place the glass on the paper. Everyone put their fingers in the glass, and we'd ask questions of ghosts and spirits. The first question was always, is anyone there? Followed by, who are you? The glass would travel quickly and smoothly over the paper, deftly spelling things out for us. We did this a lot over the summer. A few times we tried to take turns being the only one not with the finger on the glass to see if it would still move. Once we even tried pushing it on our own. It was very difficult because the glass we used was pretty big and it looked very obvious. In other words, to this day, I can attest to the glass moving without intentional input from the people with fingers lightly placed on top. You'll have to decide for yourselves if you think it's ghosts though. Around this time, I started seeing ghosts in my room when I was trying to sleep. As I'm sure Mike would point out, yes, this was while I went through puberty. It happens a lot when, when it's where a lot of uh, poltergeist activity happens. To be fair, it was more feeling ghosts rather than seeing them. Although if you'd ask me at the time, I would have been able to tell you exactly where in the room they were and roughly what they looked like. I would lie in my bed staring out into the dark room and knew they were there. My brain added what they looked like inside my head, just like how when people used to animate movies, they'd put a transparent cell with an animated character painted on it over the painted background. The two are separate but create one solid image, just like what I was seeing with my eyes and what my brain was adding. To me at the time, this was me feeling and thus, quote, seeing something that was there but invisible. I would generally see three ghosts in my room. I saw an older man with whom I had the least interactions, I also saw a teenage boy with whom I had the most interactions. And lastly, I saw a young little girl. She was the only one I was afraid of, though not at first. The older man was at least 50 or 60 years old. He never did anything but stand still far away from my bed. Often he would stand facing a corner or staring into a wall. He was the most difficult for me to see clearly and never did anything. So he didn't bother me much, even if he was creepy. The young man was often sticking out of walls at an angle like he was floating in the air and peeking out halfway through the wall, looking down at me. He was usually the closest to me, and I wasn't scared of him. He felt safe and mostly just watched me. I didn't like the girl. She had long, dark hair and was dressed in bright dresses or nightgowns. She couldn't have been more than eight at most and was often sitting or standing far away in the room, watching me. She made me very uncomfortable. And I often couldn't sleep because of the feeling, even on nights when I couldn't see her at all. Through the Ouija boards we made, I had contact with both the teenage boy and maybe later the little girl. Me and two female friends used Ouija boards a lot. It was with them I got contact with the teenage boy. He said his name was Patrick. He was 16 years old when he died. And when we asked how he died, I think he said something about drowning, but I don't remember too clearly. It seemed rude and cruel to make him talk about his death too much. We talked to him and other friendly spirits a lotto for well over a year. He claimed he was always with me and wanted to protect me. A different time while using a Ouija board, a male childhood friend and some others, we had very strange results. They were using it with some of their childhood friends and they had some very strange results, I think is what I meant to read. The glass would move slowly and randomly stop, sometimes changing directions, and it would spell out mostly garbled nonsense. When asked who it was, it said S-Y-J-T. Or Sigit. Always? When that's what we, yeah, I guess. Interesting. It would almost mock us with its answers, once answering no to the question if anyone was there. It felt threatening and it made me scared. It made me feel the same that the little girl I saw in my room made me feel, so I asked if it was her. The glass answered yes. Even so, at the time, I thought... It could have just been, uh, or, wait, let me try that again. Even so, at the time, I thought it could have just as well been a different malevolent ghost simply lying to us. I remember that session ending with one child crying and my dad yelling at uh, us all for doing things that scared us. So we finally come home to the, uh, sorry, sorry. So we finally come to the best part of the story. That one terrifying night. I estimate that at the time I was about 16 or 17 years old. It was in the middle of a hot summer and I'd brought my male childhood friend to stay with us for a few days at the summer home. One particular night, mom had brought me, my friend, and my younger sister with her to some friends. We didn't know anyone there, were terribly bored, and just wanted to go home. The party lasted far too long and by the time we left, it was the middle of the night and almost pitch black outside despite it being summer. All four of us biked home. As we were riding our bikes through the nearby forest, still far from home, My mom had the brilliant idea of telling us kids something she just remembered. She said, Hey, remember the other day when we were going to the beach and we were sitting in the car at the railway crossing for several minutes but no train ever showed up? As she was talking about this, we were minutes away from biking out of the forest to ride alongside the railway in the dark. She continued and explained that the reason the bars had lowered and stayed there for so long was that there had been an accident. Someone had jumped in front of the train. My sister almost instantly started crying. Yeah, I guess that's why the train was late, was because someone got hit by the train. My sister was almost instantly started crying, and we were all shaken. I remember yelling at my mom, why would you tell us that now? Suddenly, we were all terrified, and everything looked like ghosts and monsters. Every single branch and shadow was now a ghost or a hand reaching for us. We were tired and scared. I vividly remember that when we got to the railway lines, I saw a contorting black shadow crawl across the railways. When we finally got home, we were exhausted, but not at all tired due to the adrenaline and fear. My friend and I got ready for bed as we told each other all the creepy things we'd seen along the way. I slept in my bed, and my friend slept in a little extra bed you could pull out from underneath mine. We were silent only for a few minutes before we confirmed confirmed it with each other. My three ghosts were in the room, the old man, the teenage boy Patrick, and the little girl. The old man was far away in the corner as usual. The little girl was sitting hunched in a ball in the dark space under my computer desk, staring at us. The desk was located only a couple feet from the foot of our bed. The slightly friend off. saw this too. Apparently. Here we go. My this friend f- who was on my left was thus closer to her. The chair for the computer desk was almost uh, at his feet. Patrick was right above me, sticking out of the wall of my bed. Uh, Patrick was right above me, sticking out of the wall my bed was propped up against staring at the girl, just like me and my friend. We talked for a while in quiet, hushed tones about where the ghosts were in the room, confirming with each other that we saw the same things. Then a silence fell over us. After a minute or so, I became aware that the little girl was no longer hunched under the desk. She was sitting in my chair, which I'd unfortunately left facing us. The closer she got to the lower, uh, the closer she got the lower Patrick floated down toward me. Then my friend spoke up in the silence. I will never forget it. She's closer now. Can you feel that? I was terrified. I managed to respond. (laughs) Yeah. I managed to respond. Yes, I know. We didn't talk again after that. Many minutes passed. I was petrified, scared stiff. At some point, the girl stood up, Patrick moving down closer to me again, hovering over me. Then in a split second, the girl flew right at me charging violently across the room entirely without sound across the foot of my bed and dove inside of me, through me at that exact same moment. Patrick also dove down and fell through me. It was like he forced her out and replaced her. Both of them disappearing after that moment. I was frozen, but I saw nothing and felt nothing. I saw no more ghosts that night. Eventually my body gave in and finally fell asleep the morning after in the kitchen. I told my friend what had happened after we had stopped talking the previous night. I told him that the girl had leapt from me across his bed. He looked at me and replied, I know. I felt her pass through my legs. I will never forget it. I saw the ghosts a few more times, but never anything as intense as that. And I had difficulty sleeping in that room for several more years, even after I stopped believing in ghosts. I bought a dream catcher and imagined it kept me safe during the night, letting, my, letting me rest easier. Eventually, my interest waned and I stopped believing that what I had experienced were actually ghosts. I still have the very clear memories of all of it, though, and still find it fascinating. Feel free to ask any questions about this. Are we that. talking about straight up seeing? So I, I, like they'd feel it there and then in their mind's eye, like painted they painted them there. And like she like they could kind of see it like, but not really very strange. Like you're just psychically sort of you, understanding. Yeah, what yeah exactly. So it could be a hyperactive imagination.
2: I'm just saying once again. If a ghost crawled across the floor and it, like came at me, and I was like, I believe it to be real, there's no way I could ever be like, I guess it was just an overactive real. imagination. Yeah. I would be like, ghosts are real, everyone. Yep. Ghosts are real. And I saw <laughs> it, and then fuck, just attacked me. Oh, God, its mouth cracked open, and its eyes were bloodshot. Oh, you couldn't stop me. I would go outside, I'd tell everyone they had to lock my ass away.
0: Mm mm. Well, that was a horrifying story. So thank you for that. Um, uh, I'll try to pronounce your name again. Hachi That's horrifying. That is actually like, if that actually happened to me, I don't know how you mm. spent multiple years still sleeping in that room. I it just don't know It has that
1: good, how. weird, like scary ghost vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, like, it doesn't seem fake because it's like very specific and weird.
0: Yeah. Very, very specifically detailed. That's our fan stories for the day though, boys. That ends episode 63 of the Chiluminati podcast. What a nice little what a nice little selection of of
1: stories. We got it we got something from all corners and Jesse got to bring closer to some people's haunted
0: dreams, you know? Yeah. You love to see it. Yeah. Feels good. Your, your professionalism uh, and it will hopefully allow those people to sleep easier at night, Jesse. Uh,
2: and your scary stories
0: will negate all of the good work I've done here today. So, <laughs> and so we continue on in a never-ending cycle of Illuminati podcast. You guys want to drop your stories? Honestly, head over to the subreddit, Illuminati Pod. Um, that's where I, I, harvest almost all everything a couple times through the emails. I don't like but
2: how you say that. Harvest, <laughs> where harvest, harvest it all
0: out of the Chilubinati subreddit. No Head over there, you can also tweet at us directly at Chilubinati pod. As for myself, I'm at, Fa- uh, I'm not at Fossian A, That's where Alex is, but I am at Mathis games. <laughs> Alex, where can people find you?
1: Well, Kind of stole my thunder, but you can find me at Fossianier yeah. on Twitter, uh, and uh, please look for mine and Jesse's podcast with Davis, the Star Wars New Canon Book Club. New episodes like every other week or so, ish. At this point, we're doing pretty good about that. So, yeah, come listen to us yell at each other about Star Wars. Uh, as Jess, as Jesse and and Alex slowly watch Davis radicalize himself as a far right. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> what is happening on that podcast? Je- it's just that he doesn't like the Last Jedi, and it's hard to not like the Last Jedi and not slowly like get YouTube recommended into like a oh, bad but every, algorithm. Every
2: time he has a he has an opinion, it's like very, very close to just the wrong thing he
1: even even says things like he even says things like i started watching a video and then like five minutes into the video i was like am i being indoctrinated like what is this oh my god (laughs) jesus christ davis get out dude get out so go go listen to that show please
2: yeah because this this sounds like a good time jesse what about you man Hey, um, listen to Illuminati podcast. Tell yes. your friends. Tell your Help. friends to listen to it. You doing a promo for uh, Illuminati on Illuminati? I am. <laughs> I it's like really that. good. Uh, even though some <laughs> of the things <laughs> they say on it are totally made up nonsense, uh, I think it's. I think they got a really nice uh friendship going on there. <laughs> and the guy who's a skeptic, I hear, is very handsome and uh definitely available a- for marriage. A master lover is what i was gonna say ah, master lover master lover fuck lord and, uh, if you will fuck lord
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, one, that's your level up when you go from fuck boy to fuck
2: lord yeah. yeah and uh that's that's it you can find me all over the internet it's just my name it's, and uh that's that's uh, that's it for us everybody
0: the best branding you can hope for just your name we'll be back yep. next week with some march Illuminati. thanks for listening everybody oh, i gotta get rid of these hiccups goodbye <laughs> my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night enjoying ourselves i needed to go to the bathroom so i stepped back inside and after a few moments i hear my wife go holy shit get out here so i quickly dash back outside she's looking up at the sky in the fall. i look up too and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky